0: welcome to our first um, uh, video uh, of our opting out series what's really neat is today I am NOT by myself I am here with our first guest for what we're gonna call the extraordinary zone Um, what you can call this is a time where I sit down with extraordinary people who have traversed a very difficult path with against all odds against the resistance didn't turn back and just kept on going um, to their amazingness, and I'm thinking, well, why not get these people in here to talk about what it was like for them? I think a lot of us have greatness inside of us, but we tend to allow certain things to just kind of slow us down or sometimes stop us, and I really believe we are community people, so I think it helps to just hear what other people have done and to hear what their stories were and to know that it's not always perfect. I think that whenever we think about stepping outside of our comfort zone, and doing something amazing, we think about all the reasons why we shouldn't. And we see other people and we think that it's perfect and gravy for them. So I want to get people in here so that you can hear the real story behind all of that. That it's not all gravy, that things come up, that it's always a learning experience. And really it just comes down to having that support and being in community and and connecting. So um, my special friends, I want you to get comfortable and get ready to get out of your comfort zone and into the extraordinary zone. So here today I have a good friend of mine, James Fossler. Woo! <laughs> I met you at six, five, how many I'd
1: years? Say 2012, ago? so it's going on seven years.
0: Seven years. Amazing. And when I met James, it's actually kind of funny. Um, we met a mutual friend through an awesome veteran organization called Heroes Night Out. If you don't know about them, Google them and check them out. They are local to the Central Texas area, specifically Cedar Park. Um, but I was helping them with their fundraiser and this amazing gentleman um, offered and volunteered to play um, for this, uh, their first actual fundraiser um, for free so that they could um, have some entertainment. And um, one of the founders introduced us and um, asked if I wanted to manage him. And I was like, well, I've never managed anyone before, but if you're okay with that, let's do
1: it. <laughs> and why not try something new?
0: Exactly. And so we got together and I just loved talking with him and I felt like it was just the synergy that we already, always had and great ideas and and so on. And so um, we're gonna kind of talk to him and kind of really get into his details and dig into his history. and and really just learn some stuff from all of the um, gold that he has mined um, in his uh, experience. I truly believe that we all have um, unrefined resources that just need to be found. And sometimes we need help and encouragement of hearing someone else's story of doing so. So we're going to kind of go back a little bit and give you guys a little window. And By the way, you can find this awesome guy on Instagram and on Facebook under James Fossler or uh, James Fossler Broke Down South. We'll get to that later. So in case you're wanting to Google as you're watching this, <laughs> you can do so. But um, we're going to kind of go back, and he's going to um, I'm going to ask a few questions. But um, just to kind of intro introduce in, he um, spent some time in the Marines. He served our country. Thank you so much. Of course, thank by you. By the way, and um, and in that uh, came out and I'm gonna tell us which, what tell us uh, what it was like for you, I guess, to serve.
1: Sure. Well, uh, I joined uh, the Marine Corps back in 2005, and to be honest, a lot of people always ask me why I joined. Um, I knew I was going to join the military because I needed to have my education paid for, and it was very important to my parents that I get an education. Uh, And when it came time to choose which uh, which branch... They can tell the story for me.
0: I know. <laughs> so we have some extra guests in our studio slash living room today. Um, they're not used to having company this late, so uh, we appreciate y'all. This this shows how real we are in this in this family. And
1: um...
0: <laughs> okay, so we might have to cut that for a second. <laughs> Okay, guys, we're going to put y'all out in the garage. <laughs> They're like, we're good, we're good. <laughs> oh, there's that voice again. That's a new voice. We don't recognize that one. <laughs> Do you want to snap again? No, it's fine. Once I get a sync point, I mean, I guess I could. Mm-hmm. Did you want to just start over? No, we're just going to keep going. Is no, that okay? Just, I'll just edit it out. Okay, awesome.
1: So you keep going right now? Yep. So, right. so uh, I joined... <laughs> Um, I chose the Marine Corps because my my biological father was uh, in the Air Force for 27 years. Mm -hmm. And at the time, me and him weren't getting along. So I decided to do the exact opposite of Of what what he he did. So I would join the Marine Corps, uh, to be, to be in the hardest one. And so, uh, I joined the Marine Corps. I was a security force Marine for a number of years. And, you know, I I was in a unit that was, uh, a little, you know, I wouldn't say prestigious because it was better than any other unit in the Marine Corps, but it was more well known because of uh, the duties it entails. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the, uh, all of, responsible for all the U.S. embassies around the world Mm -hmm. uh, in case... Anybody ever overran them? We would go anywhere uh, in the world within twenty four hours and take it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, when they took Benghazi mm-hmm. uh, over, some of the Marines that we had trained over in Europe are the ones that went into Benghazi and wow. took it back over. And so uh, I did that for a couple of years. Uh, you know, it was it was a learning experience. Um, it was a ma- it matured me. You know, I wouldn't say overnight, but it it matured me. You know, to. Uh, for a while, until a point, mm-hmm. and um, I wound up getting out in two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, after six years, it was just—it was time for me to move on to my next adventure. Mm-hmm. I felt that I had gotten what I might have looked to get out of the Marine Corps at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the time served, I was able to uh, to gain my um, education benefits, my GI Bill. Uh, so that was accomplished. Uh, I survived through the six years,
0: right.
1: uh, which is a good thing in the Marine Corps, and um, I felt like there was a, a, a calling for me at the time, but, you know, looking back now, eight years later, mm-hmm. uh, I see that my, my calling was there. There was just a lot of fog and mm-hmm. noise and obstacles in the way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even now, like we were just talking about things, I wish I could have told my younger yeah. self. If I had just said, if I could have just told my younger self, hey, it's it's up ahead. There's going to be smoke and, mm-hmm. and noise and distractions, but it's going to be there if you just put your, no, your nose to the grindstone. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I felt like there was a calling. I wanted to do something else. And I, and I actually remember when I got out of the military, the guy, who, uh, my first sergeant um, over here at this weapons company I was with. Uh, I, had to, he, he had these reenlistment papers ready for me and he was like, all right, here you go, you know, ready to sign it. And I was like, no, for certain, I think I'm going to get out and I think I'm going to go home and play music. And he laughed at me. <laughs> uh, boy, do I get to laugh now.
0: Right. <laughs> that's but, what But
1: Um, yeah, so I got out of the military in 2011 in November and that's when I started my civilian life. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, was it like, uh, one, not one day you go to bed, a, full you know active duty marine the next day uh they don't know you anymore Mm uh you know my mailing address is different uh everything else is different and that's how it was I'd say for up until I met you you know for about two years I was really struggling Mm -hmm. um I had a lot of uh you know personal, I wouldn't say demons personal problems. I was going you know mm-hmm. going through like every normal person does you know at the age of 25 mm-hmm. in a new place, figuring mm-hmm. out where they are and what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I really didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand what was going on very much. Uh, you know, like I said, overnight I went from being a marine, knowing where I had to be, when I had to be mm-hmm. there, why I was doing it. Uh, and how to do it, and yeah. went from that to, you know, not nobody telling me when to wake up, yeah. when, to, you know, when to go do things, and it was confusing for a little while. You know, I guess, you know, I would probably compare it to, like, people who have been in prison mm-hmm. who, you know, have been told to do th- certain things for a certain amount of mm-hmm. years and are used to that, mm-hmm. and, you know, I will admit, I'd say for the first couple of weeks, if not the first, you know, couple of months... I didn't do basic things because I wasn't being told and mm-hmm. being reminded, hey, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it added to a lot of my problems. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, was, uh, you know, I wasn't know, was paying attention to the problems and dealing with them at the time. Mm-hmm. I was just leaving them for later. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I found Heroes Night Out. I'm, uh, I met a lot of good, uh, you know, friendly veterans. Paul Pro is one of my mm-hmm. real good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple other Marines there, I, I got a lot of good advice from them. Uh, as a young Marine, like I said, I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I didn't know about myself anymore. You know, it was really weird in the Marine Corps. I knew myself. I knew everything I was capable of, mm-hmm. uh, and things that even maybe I wasn't capable of that I made myself capable mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And I just once I got out of the military, I didn't have that anymore, and I became unsure of myself. So mm-hmm. I started second guessing everything mm-hmm. I thought I was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and it just, it, it all was compiling up until it came to a breaking point when, you know, I remember uh, my girlfriend had left me, uh, I would I didn't have any money for rent, for food, my roommates left, you know, they, I was left in an apartment by myself, no way to get around, I had no money for anything, and, you know, it just got to a point where, you know, I... I was uh, for a long time. I was only depending on myself because mm-hmm. that's what the Marine Corps told me to do. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm dependable. I could mm-hmm. depend on myself, mm-hmm. and I had been like that for a while. And after a while of not being able to depend on myself anymore, mm-hmm. I started realizing I needed some help. Right. And I reached out to a lot of people, and like I was saying, those, those veterans at Heroes Night Out, you know, they they were telling me, you know, they were Vietnam veterans that let their Problems, you know, fester and run on mm-hmm. for the forty to fifty years right. until they realize, hey, I can get help.
0: Right.
1: And uh, I didn't know that because I was young, and nobody mm-hmm. was out there straight telling me, well, you need to go get help. It's free, or right. you, it'll be taken care of. You know, right. and and that's what you need to at least right. get yourself in the right direction to figure yourself out. Right. And when I when they told me, um, I had just started going to the VA because you know I was, was talking mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to, uh, I was talking to the a psychologist there, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling her, you know, how I felt and what was going on and what I was experiencing, and you know, they wanted to label me with a couple of things mm-hmm. and they wanted to give me some medicine, mm-hmm. and I wasn't a big fan of it. Yeah. And so that's uh, after that meeting with the dent- with the doctors when I decided to take the control of my life. And bring it into my own hands, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, make sure that I was gonna be successful. And that's when I started to treat myself, not as if I had some kind of uh, disorder, mm-hmm. but I had an identity crisis. Mm-hmm.
0: That's beautiful. Yes.
1: Uh, I always saw myself as a marine on post, mm-hmm. and being outside of the Marine Corps, that doesn't work anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ruined. It was ruining, you know, relationships with my friends, my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I never tried to befriend anybody at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hurting myself because I wasn't trying to uplift myself mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uplift people around me. Mm-hmm. And they, I wasn't feeding that, mm-hmm. you know, feed, getting that and being fed that off of other people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I decided that I was going to see myself as something else other than a Marine because it, it had been so ingrained in my head that I was a Marine and nothing else and that, that nothing was ever going to amount to a Marine. And so, um, I decided I was going to, I was going to take a turn for the better, not for the worse. Mm -hmm. And that's when I remembered who I was before the military. And that was a musician.
0: Amazing. And I remember, you know, and, and this amazing gentleman was for a nonprofit and we'll get more details that later, but, um, in as a part of your kind of, um, origin story for your nonprofit, and what your mission is, is you kind of, you know, wanting to reach veterans mm-hmm. um, and those that, that are, uh, might be struggling with their identity and, um, and how music really helped you kind of find that anchor. Of you course. You know, of, of where you were coming from, and that is so amazing. And, um, and I love what you said, the identity crisis, because it's true. There's so many different um, diagnoses out there. Whether we are we're researching or people are trying to figure out what's going on with us, there's so many things out there, yeah. And it's so neat to just kind of come to that common identity crisis. Yeah, who it, am I
1: for for uh, for the past, I'd say, ten years? Uh, it's been where they're just figuring out that that the returning you know service members are coming back with something, and it's not visible. And at the time when I was seeing the doctors, it was a blanket. Uh, Mm -hmm. it it was a, it was a diagnosis with a, with a blanket prescription and that's what I didn't agree with because Mm -hmm. I had seen so many of my friends take, you know, take the wrong way out and, Mm -hmm. and choose to either ruin their lives or end their lives because of the medicines that they were taking. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I, I've just never been one for medicine. I didn't want to be shoving any pills down my throat daily. Mm -hmm. And I, and I saw, you know, after I started going to the VA, I realized I looked at my medicine cabinet one day and I just, I saw a pharmacy. I saw Mm -hmm. a pill for everything, you know, that, that was ailing me. And I just, I, I hadn't taken any of them yet. And I was just like, you know, I, I don't want to do that. So, um, I chose to identify myself as a musician. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I will, let me tell you, it was the greatest, one of the greatest moments in my life looking back. I didn't realize it back then, what, what I was doing, where I was going and what I would be doing and how successful I could be and the great things I could achieve with my friends mm-hmm. and the people that I really love. Uh, but looking back, that was like, that was the change that, that put me on the path to make, make sure my life was gonna be better, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so uh, I went out and my inspiration was Stoney LaRue. I saw I went to a Stoney Larue concert and that's what sold me on it. I knew I was a musician, I'm musically inclined, but I was a drummer. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I did was, you know, not every good businessman will go out and do this, but I went out and I bought myself a two thousand dollar guitar and I taught myself how to play it. Mm, that's amazing. And I remember saying, I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted the crowd, the the fans, like Stoney Larue, and mm-hmm. I wanted to be like Stoney Larue. and I wanted to open up for him. So I set my goals right wow. then and there mm-hmm. and I I made clear and distinct goals that I would get a band together, I would write some music and that one day I would open up for Stony LaRue. And I mean just those goals I remember being thinking of them back then as stretch goals. I thought it would take me 5 to 10 years. Right. Right. You know, I thought it would take forever because it was even the confidence I do have in myself and my abilities uh <laughs> i still wasn't a believer at the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though i was i was buying into it Mm -hmm. uh 100 i i I guess i hadn't i don't want to say i wasn't a believer i just didn't see the vision yet
0: you know i see exactly what you're saying and this is a great point of opting out wait we're going to do it because you stepped out of what was expected of the norm and even though you weren't really sure where you were headed like you you said okay this is my goal. I, I'm going to open up for the route And although you're back here, and, and that goal can seem so far away when you're back here. but And although you're like, I can't really see exactly how I'm going to get there. But over here, I'm going to take one step at a time.
1: One step at a time. Dollar
0: dollars guitar. What a way of investing and believing in yourself. There was, out. You opt out. You totally opt out was, in that. It
1: was, the, it was... And
0: teaching yourself how to play. I mean, that is saying, I am committed Yep. And I'm and I'm gonna look at this two thousand dollar guitar every time I sit down and learn how to play it. and say this is a commitment to what I'm trying to do.
1: Yes, ma'am. I think that that was probably uh, one of the best, one of my first investments in myself Gosh, was what that a guitar. Brilliant
0: idea. And you know what? I just I want to even stop and just highlight that for everyone watching and listening, is and and even if we need to just do a repeat so they can hear it. When you set a goal, and you re, you achieved your goal, right? Yep. And how long did it take you from two, when you bought two it? Two years. Two years. So and you expected five to ten. Yep. So is an example of, of his path. He set a goal and he invested. Like he did it to where it hurt. Invested, and that doesn't have to mean monetary for everyone, but do something to invest and to give yourself that assurance that this is where I'm headed. Buying guitar yeah. that you can't even play. <laughs> and not just any guitar, the best. Saying, I'm committed. I'm just I'm assuming you took that guitar with you and played for Sterling Rear. Right? I did, I did. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I went from, I remember, uh, I, I went about the guitar and I was only playing, uh, you know, in my parents' garage, in my, at my apartment for friends, you know, in backyards and stuff like that. And that's where it started. And, uh, funny little story real quick. Uh, and I'm going to give some, a shout out to my, one of my best friends, uh, best friends of 20 years. He's my fiance's, uh, brother. Uh, his name's Nicholas Fowler, Nicholas
0: What's up? (laughs) What's up? Shout out to
1: my friend Nicholas. Nicholas Nicholas Fowler. uh, uh, Nightlife. Um, uh, But anyways, he was my roommate at the time, and I went over to Fast Eddie's one night. We were having a couple drinks, and we had befriended the owner, or the uh, GM of the bar. And just one night, over some drinks, Nick told him, hey, you know, James plays the guitar. You should (laughs) let him play here. And he was like, you know what? Without ever hearing me, not, not... Not hearing a single note just off of someone else saying, hey, he plays. He said, you know what? He looked at me in my eyes and said, you know what? Come on Sunday and I'm going to give you a bar tab and uh, you can play on Sundays. Let's see how that goes. So I played on Sundays for uh, I'd say about three months. Um, Every Sunday, whether it was hot, whether it was cold, raining, whatever, I showed up and I played, and I played as much as I could. I uh, I saved up all my tip money. I bought the gear I needed to to expand a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, and after three months, um, I started playing more venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, owners of bars and and venues were coming in to the venue I was playing on Sunday, and and. They were acknowledging that I had a talent. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more of a raw talent mm-hmm. since it was the very beginning, mm-hmm. but they could recognize that I had some kind of raw talent and that mm-hmm. they wanted it at wherever they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I started playing uh, more venues. And when I started playing more venues, I started being around more musicians. Mm-hmm. And when I started being around more like-minded musicians that were there for to, to perform, to, to do a job, mm-hmm. to express themselves, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that were serious about not only living the life Mm -hmm. but trying to push it forward. Uh once I started being around them, we all started to recognize the talent within each other. And that's when my first band was started. Mm -hmm. When when I was playing around people and they were saying, Hey, you know, I can see that you're working really hard for what you really want. You're out there, you're putting yourself out there and you know you have a talent. Let's try to do something, and it snowballed. <sighs> I love talking about this, but it snowballed from, you know, my first year. I think I played maybe fifteen, maybe fifteen shows.
0: Wow! Wow! For my first
1: year, fifteen shows. Mm. My second year, I probably played seventy-five.
0: That's amazing. My
1: third, uh, my third and fourth year, two hundred fifty a year. And that's, uh, that started in the third and fourth year. And the reason why is because I started playing the right places. I started going up, showing up early, mm-hmm. uh, doing the right thing, um, You know, making sure I took care of my people. Uh, one of the things I said earlier, I had my girlfriend leave me. And the reason why she left me is because when I first started playing music, I was so dead broke, I couldn't afford nothing. And I remember before she left me, she, I was like, why are you leaving? She said, it's because you don't buy me anything. You don't. You don't ever spend money on me, and I felt really bad, and mm-hmm. I felt like a failure at the time mm-hmm. because of her expectations mm-hmm. on who I should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, at, in my first year, I invested so much in myself mm-hmm. that in order for me to eat for the first year, mm-hmm. I had to negotiate meals at the bars I was playing at mm-hmm. because I was so committed to to spending my money mm-hmm. to getting to the gigs, mm-hmm. to getting the gear. Mm-hmm. To making sure that I had all the things I needed to be successful and not right. have to depend on other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so doing all that for the first two years, put me in the right spots, knowing the right people that, uh, on, uh, let's see, it was October 10th of 2015. Uh, I always got, I got the call to go open for Stoney LaRue. Mm-hmm uh you know it was one of those where um it was a it was a moment of realization of a dream uh it was the first powerful uh you know wave of emotion that you feel after your first success yes and uh after all the hard work i put in and you know i knew i had to write songs and i had to get out there and i had to roll these cases and carry mm. these cases everywhere and for you know, nights on end, I would be there. I would show up two hours early to every mm-hmm. gig and I would connect every chord and I would unwrap every chord and I would position everything and I would do everything. Two hours after every gig, I was wrapping every chord and putting it away right and mm-hmm. making sure everybody got their money, they got mm-hmm. paid right. and mm-hmm. it, it all came to a boiling point for me, mm-hmm. in my favor, for doing all the right things, yeah. setting myself up,
0: no shortcuts.
1: No shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Just making sure that I did the right thing at all as much as I could, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, and a lot of it was being lucky. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I'm talented. I'm lucky that I was. I had talented people around me mm-hmm. to be able to, uh, you know, spotlight some of the stuff I was trying but to do. You know what's
0: amazing, and I know it's so, it's so easy to kind of think about luck, but I'm just from the little bit that I have witnessed firsthand, and then also just hearing more of the story. There were a lot of choices that you made. Mm-hmm. You know choices that you made and commitment that you showed you know and it's just hard not to see and 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 believe that you know what with when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you are committed and you are willing to stretch you're willing I mean you know one of the examples I had given during a coaching session um, recently was you know when you are getting ready to do something amazing you can't just show up you got you got to work to that like you want to do a half marathon you don't just show up and say hey let's run Mm-mm. <laughs> It's the you, wrapping of the course. You, yes, the, you train yeah. for that moment. So although it might seem you know tedious and grueling and incremental, I, I love this this analogy between incremental and exponential because an exponential thing looks incremental at first, mm-hmm. but it's by not t- it's really not taking the shortcuts and and reminding yourself you're committed to what you're doing and when that means when the resistance comes, when 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 your relationships are are um, not working and they want to leave and whether it's 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 a romantic or a friendship, so all the times. When we want to be successful, that ends up testing the iron of our relationships. Of course. And so um, when that happens, it's kind of that it. You have to kind of recommit yourself. Am I committed? What am I working towards? Is this worth it? And I truly believe that when you are walking down the path you're meant to be on and you're willing to work for it, even when it gets tough, you ever notice when it gets tough, there's always somebody there to help kind of pick you up when you can't pick yourself up. Of course. You know, but it's still always. always a choice that you want to get up.
1: Yeah. And, w- and one of the things that I did want to, I didn't want to pass over was that, you know, I I told you that, uh, I said previously that I had started treating myself, I diag- diagnosed myself as having an identity um, crisis, started yeah. treating myself as such. And that's one of the things that I was, one of the underlying reasons for becoming this musician and buying into it was because I knew I've, I've actually had a lot of friends that have, uh, committed suicide, mm. um, after you know their time in the military Mm -hmm. and at one point I remember you know with tears in my eyes looking at my calendar starting to fill up with it and I knew that if I didn't buy in if I didn't believe if I didn't do the work that I could end up just like them Mm -hmm. as just as easy as they did Mm -hmm. and I knew that you know this wasn't just to make me feel better and have the warm and fuzzies at the end of the day this was something that would potentially save my life Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. So this
1: wasn't something that I could fail at. Mm-hmm. This was something that I felt that was important enough that I would have to think about it every day and I would have to go to the mm-hmm. depths of my mind of thinking that you know what, if I didn't go to this gig and if I didn't if I didn't make money doing this and I wasn't being, you know, basically paid to be myself and who mm-hmm. I was, mm-hmm. then my life was in jeopardy and my life was in danger mm-hmm. because You know of what I'm predisposed to maybe climbing out of a
0: hole and climbing 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 out of a hole and and that's what
1: I feel like my friends were doing and Mm -hmm. it was too much for them so that you know when I started treating myself and when I you know became this musician that's when you know this thing changed for me where I stopped seeing myself as a marine and I started seeing myself as a as as a musician in a world full of other talented musicians Mm -hmm. And that i didn't have to i didn't have to compete and hate everybody Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. just because they were a musician Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying
0: there's enough for everybody there's
1: enough for everybody Mm -hmm. and i want people to be successful and Mm -hmm. and i I want them to be successful with me you know and Mm -hmm. uh, not only that but the biggest thing that music ever gave me or gave me again was that it had taught me how to love again Mm -hmm. and the reason why is because I remember being, starting out as a musician, and, you know, for a while I thought I was on the Truman Show because people were just like, oh, you're so great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. And, uh, you know, for a while I didn't want to, I didn't know how to take it. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. I was just, I was just doing what I was doing. Right, right. And people were saying this. And it taught me how to take the love that people were giving me. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it was teaching me how to give it back to people. Mm, that's and cool. once I started, once I, I, I diagnosed myself with the identity crisis. I treated myself for it in a way that I thought was reasonable. I started to see myself regress out of it. And that's when I started my relationship. My parents started getting better. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I had girlfriends that would just come and go because I didn't not that i was treating them bad but or in in a way that they didn't want to be treated but i didn't know how to be a person mm-hmm. in this world in mm-hmm. the, in this world i knew mm-hmm. how to be a person in my world mm-hmm. in the military mm-hmm. and it was just completely different didn't mm-hmm. work out here mm-hmm. and it it got me on the right track and it and it really affirmed that that idea of you know i'm not going to get i'm not going to be on a big stage selling a million records tomorrow mm-hmm. you know but not everybody else is either that's right. so all i all i can do is keep doing what i'm doing work mm-hmm. towards it mm-hmm. do the right thing mm-hmm. you know build the relationships that's right and cultivate myself
0: that's right
1: uh, mm-hmm. cuz that was more, more important to me right. it was cultivating myself with whatever mm-hmm. talents it was
0: i kind of feel like you're create you're curating a collection within it's your own self
1: right? a, a jack of all and, trades Yes, know, and, 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 and taking
0: good care of yourself and and seeing the value in what you contribute to others, I mean, I've worked with you, and one of the things I love about working with you is you're so considerate of the people you work with. You're thinking about like several steps ahead to make sure that everybody that's working with you is comfortable, and that's a huge trait. I mean, something to be to Appreciate learn from. It, yeah. it's, it's true, and and you know, just like, going into like what you're working towards now, like you're building a nonprofit now which is huge mm. what a wonderful feat so you your goal of Stony LaRue and then you take that and say I want to give back yeah it's amazing yeah uh, <laughs> when
1: I got when I got to that point when I opened up for Stony LaRue after that it was just like a wave uh, it went from playing once every two weeks to four nights a week mm-hmm. and I started opening up for other people you know uh, John Wolfe, mm-hmm. uh, a big uh, country music star here in Texas. And uh, I started playing to bigger venues. I've played just about every venue in Austin and around here in Central Texas. Um, i played, you know, with a lot of, of, of the greats here in town. Mm-hmm. And what happened was once I got to that point when, where I realized that I was living the dream that I had imagined,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I stopped. And I, I, I'd never done this before, so I don't know where I got the idea for it. I don't know if something just spoke to me and said, do this. <laughs> But I figuratively turned around. I, I realized I'm, I'm at my goal. I have realized my goal. I have lived it. I have celebrated mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I was, I'm past the honeymoon phase mm-hmm. of it. i am done it. I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I realized, and I did it, and I stopped, and I said to myself, I think it's time that I turn around now that I've accomplished something so that I can turn around and say, hey, other veterans that are looking to find themselves in music.
0: Climb out of the hole.
1: Climb out of the hole. Uh, you know, if you're willing and able to do it, let me be the example for you to break mm-hmm. out of the shell that you're in mm-hmm. or that maybe you're destined for mm-hmm. so that you can change your life for the better. Right. Because my, I see their life in danger just mm-hmm. like mine was. Right. And that gave me an idea. And I will give a little bit of a credit because I did, I, I had talked about this with our friend from Heroes Night Out West. Mm-hmm. And I had talked to him about this idea I had one night because I just, I wanted to get veterans involved and I had been playing for the past, you know, now looking back now seven, about, it's been seven years, eight years now. I would say that I've been playing veteran events for six years, Mm -hmm. for about six years. Mm -hmm. And I was playing them all for free. You know, I wasn't charging anybody anything, you know, and, but all of them that I was playing left me Yearning for more, want mm-hmm. left me wanting, mm-hmm. especially since I was giving up my time and my mm-hmm. and my, my talent, my mm-hmm. energy to be, go out there mm-hmm. and help support the veteran community, mm-hmm. which is I'm I'm all about, and that's what it was all about in the beginning. Um, and I came up with this idea. I just wanted to get veterans involved. Uh, you know, I wanted to uh, use my education. I'm almost done with my bachelor's. <laughs>
0: Woo, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm
1: a couple of foreign language classes away from uh, my bachelor's. My four years in business uh, uh, management. From Texas State University, uh, and I did that all while while playing full time music, mm-hmm. two hundred fifty shows a year. Um, I wanted to incorporate my, you know, my education, my experience, what I was good at, which is being with veterans, playing mm-hmm. music, putting on a show, you know, planning events, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, the business mind. and yeah, the business mind. Mm-hmm. I had great friends like you, uh, you know, a couple of other great friends, uh, Mary Dale uh, and uh, Mr. Dale, Tony Dale. Mm-hmm. Um, Wes, Pier- Wes, and Judy Pierce from Heroes Night Out, Danny Katona from, uh, from OP Veteran. Also, uh, Jim Cochran from Code Six Integration, Jared Couch from, uh, The Oath. I had all these friends that I had surrounded myself with. I had worked with them and I had this idea, you know, let's, let's get, let's get m- more veterans in front of veterans and let's take care of them like they, like like they like they should be taken mm-hmm. care of. Let's let's treat them. Uh, you know, I had this I had this idea once. Uh, I remember going to these small little gigs where we were getting paid hardly nothing, and you know we weren't getting treated like superstars. <laughs> and I remember having a conversation, and they were like, you know, they're not treating us like George Strait. And I told my <laughs> my guitarist, I was like, you know what? No one's gonna treat me like George Strait, but myself.
0: That's true. So <laughs> I'm gonna start doing it.
1: You know and. Uh, you know, from that point on, you know, I I kind of wanted to put myself in a position where I was taken care of, and people mm-hmm. were appreciating my my talent uh, through, you know, providing stuff for me as a professional mm-hmm. and acknowledging me as a professional, not just saying, oh hey, he's a professional, but right. saying hey. That he deserves for, to be paid for his time. Right, you know what right. I'm saying? Let's get, let's, do, let's get some uh, accommodations or something. Right. And that's really what I wanted to do for others, for, for other people who were in my position. Mm-hmm. Because when I got out of the military nobody told me I had an identity crisis, nobody mm-hmm. was there to really guide me along in that mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. And nobody was there to teach me how to play guitar and, or tell me that I could do it or say, this is how you get into a, uh, into a venue, or this is how you put a band together. And I wanted to, you know, make it easier for people, for, for veterans who were trying to find their identity through music, Mm -hmm. uh, to not only find out what they were doing, but uplift other veterans, Mm -hmm. the veteran community, Mm -hmm. as well as helping out these, these organizations, you know, the Mm -hmm. organizations that I've been helping and that I've, you know, I've seen grow that i want to keep seeing grow uh i wanted to help out with that so i joined forces with you and and mary dale and uh, we created vercon uh vercon's one of the greatest one of my my babies and i'm excited because unlike before when i was younger you know i can now see through some of this fog Mm -hmm. and hear Mm -hmm. through the through the noise Mm -hmm. and be able to see in the future and know that hey I don't need. I'm not gonna have a million dollar business this this week or next month. Maybe this, not even this year, or next year. But we can work towards it. That's right. And we can just keep making things better, whether it be for ourselves, for other people, mm-hmm. for their veterans, for our friends, family, mm-hmm. for our community. Whatever we can do to reach out, because you know uh, they always say, "Be the person you needed when you were younger." That's right. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's people out there that need those people, mm-hmm. and some of us. Uh, are blessed are lucky are uh you know have the ability to be that person Mm -hmm. and it's people like us that that step out there that that opt out (laughs) out. that opt out and decide (laughs) you know to not all
0: have to go in that direction you can stop and go in this direction and who's coming with me
1: and he's gonna be there, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I'll come
0: with you. I will lock arms and come with you.
1: And 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 the greatest thing about that, you know, that I've seen so far is that coming. You know, with this mentality, opting out, and 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 really trying to believe in what you're doing and follow through with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have come across. I have been blessed, and I have come across the best colleagues. And I tell Caitlin, my fiance, this all the time. I look around and. 90, you know, I'd say 75 to 90% of the people I work with are successful women
0: mm-hmm. and it's, <laughs> it's successful
1: women. And, and it's, it's great because, you know, I get, uh, I get helped from, you know, different points of view, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, the help, the camaraderie, the, you know, being a, a unit is, mm-hmm. is, is really great. And, and the people that you meet who are in the same mindset, who have, Not this, maybe the same goals, but the same tenacity and the same, you know, never quit and just keep going. And, you know, even when people are gonna tell you, there's gonna be people out there, they're gonna say, you can't do it this way. It's not gonna work that way. You can't do that Mm -hmm. or, you know, it's not worth your time. Mm -hmm. Uh, this that and the other and those are things that you you know you put to the side Mm -hmm. and you let them worry about that about whatever they because that's their stuff that's not who i'm i have so many times in the music industry when i had these traditional older you know musicians say well you got to do it this way or Mm -hmm. you got to do it that way Mm -hmm. and i i always thank goodness i have the you know the fortitude to do it but i always told them you know hey you know what if I did it like you did or like they did, I'd be doing the z- same exact thing they always did, and that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not who oh. I am. Mm-hmm. So let me do it my way. And if it le- if I fail doing it my way, at least I can say I chose that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't chosen. for it me. It wasn't chosen for me, and you know mm-hmm. I make it. It's autonomy. I want to be able to know I that. Love it. and me. you know
0: what? I'm just I'm listening to you, and I'm just so amazed. And I'm just your 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 story and and choices you've made. And it's, it's really touching on a lot of things that I have been thinking about or, or talking about. And one of them is, is traversing your own path. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that there are so many things out there that say, do what I did, don't reinvent the wheel, follow my path, mm-hmm. have my success. And a lot of people are, are signing on to that. They're thinking that that's, that's the answer. A lot of self-help help books and, and people are saying, you want to be rich, do what I did. But like you were saying, that's their path. They were able to receive that success because that was what was built for them, right? Their experiences, their past, their background, all of that contributed to them being able to work that. And yes, they write great books and it's encouraging. Like, yes, it can be done, but whenever you start following that person's success, you've kind of left your own path left behind. To you, but
1: yeah, And I've, I've always, you know, I've, I've believed that wholeheartedly. And, uh, it, for me, it started with my dad with music, mm-hmm. uh, when I was younger and I was learning how to play uh, drum set, uh, I remember you know I remember telling my dad I was real proud because I wanted my dad to be real proud of me. You know I could play drums just like right, you. Right. And I remember him. He said, "Hey, you know if you can learn to play to this album, you should be able to learn to play anything." And I remember learning the song. And I called my dad in one day into the studio. and go, hey, dad, listen to this. And I pressed play and I played to it. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember that talk he gave to me where he, it, immediately afterwards. He said, you know, that's good. You sound just like the CD. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. What it's about is putting what you think mm-hmm. is good to it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, putting your style onto mm-hmm. it. Do, putting your talent to mm-hmm. it. Anybody can go sit there and learn and just right. do it. But when you start to put your own talent mm-hmm. your own self into it, you know, that's when it becomes you. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've always believed is that when you find your path and what you're supposed to be doing, there's an enlightenment that mm-hmm. comes from it that's right. that only works for you. That's right. It's, it, yep. it only works for you. And just you know, like
0: for you and Stony Leroux and all that working out. That was your path. And yep. you worked hard for that, but yep. that was yours. And somebody might say, man, would you mentor me? And you're like, yeah, I'll mentor you. And they might say, yeah, I, I want to do it just like you. And you'd be like, No. Right, like I tell, you say yeah, to someone, I tell, I've done
1: that before. I've had a lot of friends, uh, you know, in Austin, the live music capital of the world. Being able to play two hundred fifty times a, a year, yes, huge. It's it's a really big thing, you know, and it's not because I'm the I'm everybody knows my name. Mm-hmm. It's not because I'm the best in, in town mm-hmm. because I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's a big thing in Austin because of getting out there playing all the time mm-hmm. just being able to do you know achieve mm-hmm. certain things
0: it's like the music version of networking it sounds like yeah you ex- know? exactly
1: <laughs> and so because of that I've had people who were trying to maybe go, walk in that path mm-hmm. of playing a bunch of places opening up for people you know playing and, and getting paid what you want at mm-hmm. certain venues mm-hmm. and I, you know personally because I've gone through that and I found that I didn't people's path wasn't my path. Mm-hmm. What I find myself telling people is like, I'll tell them, hey, you know what? I can tell you my experience and I can tell you the pitfalls. But the rest is on you to find out. It's Mm -hmm. on you to experience. I could just give you some hit or miss on what I I did and you can, you know, you can zero yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. put your spin on it and zero yourself. But what I did is not going to work for you because, you know, I am more outgoing. I am more, you know... I think that I have a better ability to go out there and just talk with people and interact with people I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'll just walk up and start talking to people about anything. And by the end of it, you know, we will be friends for a long time. Right. Kind and you've sold of thing. like five shirts. <laughs> exactly. You know, in, 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 in that makes me different from other people right. which means our paths aren't if they were the same they're not going to come out the same Right, way. and also
0: your background your military background what that was like for you you being a musician at heart why you're doing it mm-hmm. I mean everything lines up it's just why you. I mean it's like you can for example signature you could sit and learn forever how to forge a signature mm-hmm. right? and it takes a lot of time and effort to do so but why would you want to do that when you can just have your own signature that's yours. Of course. You know, And everybody has And it's so neat because really everybody wants to be different. Everybody wants to have their own special thing that they contribute to this world. Yeah, that we're meant to. I feel like what we want is what we've been given to I desire. Think,
1: I think as of lately, I think that's becoming more apparent. As, as of like, you know, the late 90s, uh, mm-hmm. individualism is coming mm-hmm. in. And um, it, it, I don't think it has arrived until the last couple of years, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. I think people, you know... If, some people were different, some people could appreciate it and they, they would be on a path. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now that individuality is such a big thing now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so much, there's so much individual touch that you could put on anything from a house to a phone, to music, to artwork, to anything, um, that is big now. And I, I really, you know, my fiance, she, she's, uh, looking to do her own thing, uh, She's looking to, you know, with her artwork to design things oh, wow. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, you know, I tell her all the time, you know, she sometimes she might think or get an idea, hey, maybe I should be doing this because other people are doing it. I'm like, hey, you know what? I think you're really good at the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And if you continue on that, there's something there for you.
0: And that's what we all need to hear. Honestly, I think we need to surround ourselves with a community of people who are going to, we can support each other. And they're they're going to tell us kind of, Encourage us. So we know what we we're supposed to do. We know what we want to be doing. And there's that time we want to veer off because fear will set in or people will say things and it'll cause us to kind of say, well, maybe we should do something else. And it's like, you're right. And to have that person to say, okay, well, let's ask those questions. What are you doing? Where's your passion? Why do you want to do it? Oh, yeah. And I, I really do believe that is so important um, for us to have whenever we are traversing our paths, when we're opting out of, of what everybody else is doing because a lot of the general society will say, don't re- don't reinvent the wheel. Do it the easy way. Don't do any extra work. Mm-hmm. We've boxed it up for you to buy and recreate it. And so you'll have our success. And people end up so disappointed because they don't get what they expect out of it. And they are kind of leaving their creativity behind in yeah. order to do something. Like
1: that. I, I think that everybody, no matter who they are, I think that there's something deep down that people love. Yes. And, you know, whether it was, you know, if somebody could find a way to make money watching trains, Right. you know, th- it it I think that, that would make somebody happy enough to just watch trains or or mm-hmm. work on trains mm-hmm. or something. That's right. You know, if if people in this world believed in themselves enough to go out on the limb mm-hmm. and focus on what they are personally good at, and not that. focusing on everybody else, mm-hmm. I think that people would be more successful in what they're doing. And what
0: they're doing, yes, because they're doing what they're supposed to do. I I do. I feel like we're yeah. we're born. I do. I feel like we're born with that calling, whatever that calling is, and it's like it's almost like a a piece, a matching piece or set. And wherever. I still feel that you even, that.
1: even though I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I survived six years in the Marine, in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've, I've built up a sustainable music career, mm-hmm. uh, and I've, I've gone through college, uh, starting a, a nonprofit organization helping out my community veterans, fo- veteran focus. Even now, even th- doing all of that, I still don't feel rested and content, and I mm-hmm. still feel as if I'm still meant we for something even do. bigger, something, right. something that's just. Well, bigger, I know our conversations
0: and your entrepreneurial spirit. So I think you're meant to just put a bunch of stuff out there and encourage other people to kind of do the same, or even maybe even creating the platform. Kind of Burkhan kind is of a platform. So based on what you've been through, mm-hmm. you created a platform to make it easier. For people to kind of climb out of that hole exactly right where you kind of had to figure it out kind of on your own and that was real rough and although they have wonderful programs to help veterans mm-hmm. it's really neat to have a creative piece yeah it and it, been not only that nothing. though
1: but what what i believe that is most important is to have that person who has been in that position you know uh if someone would have told me back then that i was going to have to start for the first year and i was going to have to go through it because everybody went through it it would, maybe wouldn't have been so hard or maybe I would have planned for mm-hmm. it or something. Mm-hmm. You know, there's those pitfalls that having somebody who's been in that pit and climbed out
0: mm-hmm.
1: and who opted out, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. having that person there to give that testimony to say, hey, you know what, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's bad right now. You may not see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I know this sounds like, you know, the same old, same old, you know, story to be mm-hmm. telling someone in this position. But you got to understand that if you just keep going, keep it's going to it's gonna be there. That's right. You
0: just, you keep moving forward and surround yourself with people who are going to pour water back into your glass. Exactly. <laughs> and not take it out.
1: That's, that's crazy. <laughs> the first time I'd ever heard that um, analogy, um, I was going through a marital class in the military. And it was a couples course, and they were telling us how... They had thought that, um, well, they come up with this way of explaining it to us that every person, each person in, in a relationship has these cups or how they put it, these bank accounts. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, you know, physical touch. It's, you know, uh, it's love. It's it's time. It's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, gifts. It's mm-hmm. it's whatever, however they're loved.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Love and they, uh, Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know, Putting a little bit in each bank account mm-hmm. is where it's at, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. But I've heard that concept before. Bank account, cup, whatever. It's
0: true. And that's something I'm actually, I'm writing a book, surprisingly enough. And one of the things, a lot of inspirations that have come come across and with coaching and all that. But um, one of the things I was thinking about, especially because the whole self-love, that's huge right now. Everybody talks about self-love, self-love. And the interesting, and it sounds great, but, you know, the interesting thing is, depending on how it's portrayed, like, logistically... How can you love, like self-love, like like it's saying that you can reach within yourself and create something that's not there, right? Like mm-hmm. we, we can love and I can pour into your glass and fill, but I've, I've poured something out so now something's gone. Mm-hmm. I can't refill that on my own, Of course, right? That has to be poured back, whether it's from you or another person. I can pour love into my pets, right? And mm-hmm. that's something out. And maybe, you know, them loving me back, but I cannot manifest what I poured back out on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do do something that makes me feel relaxed. I can take a bath, all of that other stuff that can relax me, but essentially I can't put back in what I've poured out.
1: Of course, right? on on that pathway to being happy.
0: It's it's true. And so I think that there's that detour, you know, of of things being said that says, "Oh, well, you know, all you do is save yourself, love yourself," which I think sounds so sad. <laughs> it's nice to know that there's community that that people can come alongside if I'm struggling and I need mm-hmm. extra help that I can Plug into a community, so I'm not and that alone. I remember, he said, "You realized realize you needed help." So, um, to bring together, so so this and it's so neat because we were talking about like running a, a half marathon, right? That you can't just show up; mm. <laughs> they'll laugh you out the place, <laughs> or you won't even get past very far. But you train, and I, and I honestly feel like um, like this segment, for example, this uh, extraordinary zone, it's a bit of training, you know, training based on people's experiences. You no, know, they can't um, follow you on your path. But they can learn, be encouraged, and come alongside you and others in their path. And so to start with it, I love it, identity crisis, right? You know, when, when we're feeling lost, when we're struggling, um, when we're trying to figure out what we're going to do, how we want to heal ourselves, are we struggling with an identity crisis? That's that's such a great point. I love that. And I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking of so many things I've heard, how that can be solved. Like I shouldn't say solved, but that is a, just a great answer for many things.
1: It, that... that uh... You know, just to reiterate on that point, you know, that identity crisis, uh, just like you're saying with those cups with the, of love, you know, my cup as a Marine was not being filled out here in, in, mm-hmm. in the military or in the civilian world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without that cup being filled and being, give, being, or getting that affirmation mm-hmm. that I'm being a good Marine really hurt down mm-hmm. here because that's mm-hmm. all I knew I was mm-hmm. since I was 18 years old. I was mm-hmm. indoctrinated mm-hmm. into a system where mm-hmm. I, you know, I was part of a team mm-hmm. and I had, I had a job, I had a purpose. I had, mm-hmm. I was doing it for a reason and I was doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, that identity crisis when I, when I realized, uh, you know, I could put all of that, 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 uh, effort and that, you know, all of that into being a musician mm-hmm which is what I should be doing, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it exponentially grew.
0: That is so great. And, and I just hope anyone who's hearing or watching this will think about that because a lot of people struggle with do what route to take when it comes to their health. You know, Do they want to go the medicine cabinet route? Do they want to take a minute to, to, to get some, some help from people in their community or people who have um, gone through what they may have gone through? Um, to see what that or combination, just just knowing that and your experience, and I think it's just so it's such an opting out thing, and such a strength, and you have to realize like where did that come from, you know what I mean? I mean it's just amazing. I mean you don't have to stop the yeah. that. Just it's just that's I'm amazed at that because that's such a hard thing, and a lot yeah. of us can be like I know I can be encouraged. I had a conversation today with someone like saying you know you can say no <laughs> to these things like like if you don't want to take this or take that or if you're not sure you need some time to think about it. It's okay. You can do that. You can you can do a little bit more um, research or ask a little bit. You know, ask for help in a different way. L- look around to.
1: you. Uh, you know, I I think I learned a lot of that from my mom. Uh, you know, I remember when I was younger. Uh, you know, my mom being a young mother and me being a young child. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember times where we didn't have a home mm-hmm. that we were living right. in, right. and you know her working to get us out of a situation that we were in. You know, uh, all the way around mm-hmm. the. No, you know, knowing having something to do it for, mm-hmm. and following through with it. You know, I learned a lot of that from my from my it's parents.
0: Amazing, and what great things to to pass. So we have so identity, and then the other thing goes in, is asking for help, you reaching know, out. Yes, it yeah. is okay. Surround yourself in a community of people who are going to pour back into your glass. Um Another thing that you said that was really encouraging was. Um, um, setting setting that goal and investing in yourself and doing it to where it hurts a little bit, right? I think <laughs> I think that
1: not doing it to where it hurts, but I think that the byproduct of investing in yourself, you know, I don't think there's one right way to invest in mm-hmm. yourself because, you know, a, a cook might need some, some, you know, the knives mm-hmm. and stuff or the pots and pans. I needed a guitar mm-hmm. and, a, and an amp and... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, painters need their, you know, their uh-huh. tools and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, it's 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 one long fight, uh-huh. and you got to stay in it the entire time. That's
0: right. You got to keep going. And then the other thing you said was to, um, uh, what was that? Uh, so it was, it was investing in yourself.
1: Oh, but w- what I was gonna say. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you oh, no, by yeah. the way. But I think that the byproduct of Of doing it right, Mm -hmm. you know, and following your path is, it'll hurt for a little bit.
0: That's
1: right. Uh, I I was talking to my fiance the other day because, uh, you know, there was a couple, there was, uh, everybody deals with, you know, situations in life. And one of the situations we had dealt with was, um, you know, there's these times in life where you get comfortable where you are Mm -hmm. and you see what you want and you get a little bit of, a little uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. you can see you what you have, and and you can see what you want. Mm-hmm. And I told her, you know, there's these times when you're on this bubble of growth where there's this uncomfortableness because you're you're growing. It's these growing pains, you know, and you're going towards that. And I think that's really that's really important, you know. It
0: is, Be, and, and it, the the whole part of success or heading to where you want is to expect. The pains, the growing pains, Except the, the discomfort, pains. it's not a comfortable thing. It, but I've, it
1: doesn't last forever.
0: No, it doesn't. But the unfortunate, well, also say, unfortunate part of growing, you get used to it. Part of growing, though, is that that next step is going to be another stretch. A great analogy is working out, right? Mm-hmm. When you work out, when you're trying to build muscle, you know you have to stretch past into a discomfort. Essentially, you're tearing, tearing your muscles, mm-hmm. right? And that hurts when you think about it so that they can rebuild bigger. They're like, okay, we got it we gotta get bigger so the next time we lift something, we're gonna be able to handle it. Of course so if and you wanna and build more, you tear them down again. And then mm-hmm. that
1: you know, being able to handle so not everybody's able to, but to be able to be the person to handle what you're doing and then try to help uplift others mm-hmm. is where, you know, I don't I don't I don't I've never sat down and thought about it as a strength of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I can see how it is.
0: That goes to my next point, and I'm remembering it, serving. You know, I think that um, that is probably the biggest part of a success story. If like you have people talk about what they call success, but, I mean, when you really look at someone who's truly successful, it is someone who's constantly giving back. Because, you know, people will try to, to use that, that, um, that, that uh, you can call it math, if you will. If I only have this amount of energy to give to this, why should I have this amount of energy to give to serving? That's something where math doesn't work. That's one of those things that like you can't quantify it. It's just one of those like magical things happen when you give, yeah. serve. I mean, it, you know, it can liken it to tithing. Really, tithing doesn't have to be about money. When you serve in ways where you're sacrificing time, effort, whichever you're 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 giving up something totally selflessly. I I've always seen this. I have never not seen this. What you're doing gets lifted. Mm-hmm. in amazing ways where we you're like, how did that happen? I don't even know I had time for that. <laughs> Where'd that come from? It's just, it's so amazing and so that's, that, that last piece that ties it all together is having that servant's heart of course. and being willing to serve and you, I mean, look at where you're going with that. You're saying, okay, I did all this stuff and you felt like, yeah, I could keep writing this but I, I feel like that I'm done in this place and now I'm focusing on my school and I, I want to help people so that they're not Climbing out of that hole because they might not see it the way you saw it. Yep. You know, and I think you saw that. Like, not everybody's going to say, "I love music," and I'm going to push for it. Because most, unfortunately, in society, the creative arts, the creative community, um, the community, but the way it's kind of seen is it's it's hobby. No, oh, sure. I'm like, no, if that is your calling, yeah, do it. No. Walk yeah. in it, but they... don't expect to be the superstar that is this. Maybe your career as a musician looks different. Maybe you're starting a school. Maybe you're teaching it. Maybe you're creating a whole other niche that that is not being done. I think what happens is that people say that only they they um, they attribute success to a specific thing that someone else's success, or maybe even several that type, and say, uh-huh. for me to be a successful musician, I have to be this person or like this person, but not necessarily. Not know?
1: necessarily, you know. Try to emulate I. I've never, uh, you know, musically, I've never really tried to be like someone. I've done a couple of things. You know, I wore a headband like Stoney LaRue Mm -hmm. because I was trying to emulate him for a couple of months, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, for the most part, my if you ever ask some of my band members, they'll tell you, you know, when I went and opened up for Stoney LaRue, I just showed up like six hours early. And it wasn't because I was going to go stand by Stoney and say, oh, my God, Stoney, I'm finally opening up for you. I showed up to go open up for Stony LaRue and I went, I showed up to go look at the crew members to see Mm -hmm. the gear that they were using, to see how they were setting it up. Mm -hmm. If there was something that I could learn from them Mm -hmm. to emulate so that I could be successful like they were. So, you know, every concert I've ever gone to, I've been there way earlier than anybody else because I want to look at the gear they're using. I want to see how they're Mm -hmm. using it, what their setup is. I want to see, you know, something that I can learn that I can tie into what I'm doing so I can be successful of what I'm doing and to get at that point you were making with the serving mm-hmm. you know I I didn't know it I didn't know this when I got out of the military I was just doing it playing these events for free because I kind of felt like there was this you know ah, it's not that big of a deal I could just go over there and do it mm-hmm. and i help them out you know And I didn't realize it until I I gave a speech at Texas State University uh, spring of uh, 2018. Mm -hmm. I gave a a speech to the entrepreneurship section of Texas State University. Very, very proud of it. That is so amazing. Um, And I will say this real quick. I'm one of three people to give a speech and sing a song uh, right after three people. Wow! Uh, it's me, Ray Benson from Sleep at the Wheel, and George Strait. Wow! But what? anyway, <laughs> That's awesome. Joining the an elite club, but yes. uh, I I remember I was in the middle of a speech at this uh, for this entrepreneurship section, and at the end, I remember telling them, I this wasn't planned, but they, but they were asking me, you know, what are the things I can do to be successful, and the very last thing I left them with was I told them, no matter how you feel about it no matter how much it takes for you to do it, you're gonna wanna go out there and you're gonna wanna do things and help other people along the way because long down the road when you need their help, they're gonna be there for oh, you. Oh, everybody's
0: gonna be And they remember the smallest they
1: things. They will remember, uh, perfect example, Josh Klayman. I didn't know who Josh Klayman was until I did Vet Fest 2017. Mm-hmm and i showed up early like i did like i always do wait before any other band member for, who was playing that day uh and i was helping the sound guy i didn't know him i was just like you know what i'm here early let me help you put stuff out and run some chords and do some stuff help you do the sound check and uh turns out he's the sound one of the sound man it was sound men for one of the most successful country acts in texas oh, cody johnson
0: wow
1: and when i learned that i realized you know this is somebody that you know maybe can do something for me down the road but Mm -hmm. let me see what i can do for him now and i was the only person that night out of maybe you know a dozen musicians that stayed after and helped him put everything away Mm -hmm. i didn't he didn't pay me anything i didn't ask for anything i didn't complain about nothing Mm -hmm. i just went over and i said hey let's get this done let me help you out Mm After that, I mean, I he's he he did Vet Fest uh, twenty eighteen with us uh, last year at Old Settlers mm-hmm. Park. Uh, there's been a couple times where he's he's uh, helped given me advice. He's come and uh, consulted on on something with me, or he's uh, let me borrow gear. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's those relationships that you build when you do those small things that they can't necessarily repay you for that they're going to remember and down the road they're going to say hey you know what I remember you helping me when when there was nothing in it for you let me help you out real quick
0: Mm, it's like building a beautiful home I really do feel like that building a foundation community and all that other stuff I feel like I think that's the focus that that I would encourage anybody who's listening or hearing I really do encourage whatever you feel pulled to do and if you don't know what that is yet that's okay maybe it's not time for your purpose to be awoken yet but just know that you have one it's there. Uh, it yes, but know that even before you know what it is, it is the way you treat everyone. It is it's like building a home, starting with the foundation and the piping. Everything you do, every kind of thing is building very structural foundation and when you don't treat people right, it's not going to have great integrity. And once you need to be in it, it's going to fall apart.
1: And definitely when you needed those people the most, they won't be there.
0: You want to fill that home with people when you need it. You want it to be something that will be structural and integral. Nobody's going to want to get in there. But if you build something beautiful and comfortable, and it comes with every kind and selfless thing we do, even when we don't think we'll see the person again, or don't know and, it, and that's something you, you can't fake it it really is something that comes from doing that heart check yep. and saying what am I doing and and I think what happens I really do believe this is um, really great people get these goals especially when they're stepping out on their own and doing their own businesses they will have great goals they will have a great path but there's that fear right that fear that competition and it's not even like that they do it I think it's it's that the pressure the outside pressures whether you're, you're you're having to worry about paying your bills or you're worrying about being successful, or people have been not saying that you're not going to do it, you know. And people kind of hear those voices, and it's it's so sad because those voices tend to be the loudest, and then now they are working from this fearful place, and not yep. from this natural place. And I do believe like stuff like what we're doing with this podcast, and and then hopefully you're going out there and the people anybody you meet that you're now I'm speaking encouraging, and I'm speaking beautiful music to you um so that you can do what you need to do so that i am now speaking louder or at least more positive than the stuff that's already coming at you and believe mm-hmm. me i believe every single person on this planet baby unborn grown up older they have the voices they have the thoughts that are coming that are trying to create and see fear and and the voices that say no you're great no you're fine you're doing for mothers you're doing a great job or for husbands, you're for fiancés, you know, you're, you're fine, you know, there's nothing wrong with your relationship. <laughs> you know, the, the the positive truths, you know, just we have to actively, really actively speak them out there to the strangers, the people we know, to fight against the fear and the voices and the things that just kind of want to beat us down. And what I'm calling it this is the box. Put it back, put you back in the box, you know, sure. put it in that place to where you don't step out, you don't. Get out of your comfort zone. because when, And this goes to what you're saying. It hurts, right? As soon as you step out of your comfort zone. Now, it's different hug for different people, but a lot of times you're going to get the, the encouragement. You're going to have people that really encourage you. But really be prepared because they're going to be the ones that don't. And it's going to hurt because they're going to be the ones that you want to encourage you. Please don't let that stop you. Um, just find people who are telling you encouraging things because if you look, they're going to all be saying the same things. They don't even know each other. And I do believe that that has just got that blessing of you are doing what you're supposed to do. Great example. This this podcast totally out of my comfort zone. Never thought I would ever do anything like this. I'm like, why does anybody want to hear me speak? To you? There's that voice, right? <laughs> why does anybody want to hear me speak? <laughs> I hear that. And then, but then when I put it out and I started getting, I I recorded my first one about two or three weeks before I even released it. And um, I put it out and I started just slowly trickling it out. Not sure what to expect. And several people, same thing, you have a great voice, it's very relaxing, and it's just so encouraging, even though like, I didn't know what to expect doing it, didn't know my voice was <laughs> relaxing, glad that they don't get sick of hearing me talking, but um, but it's encouraging that as I'm sitting out of my comfort zone, even though I've got the, why would anybody care what you have to say, saying, you know, and things like that, pushing past that, saying, you know what, if one person, literally, and I think that's what, it, what it comes down to like, you, encourage you. Our producer back there. Thank you so much, husband. Love you. <laughs> um, but anybody that's listening, um, I just I, I want to encourage you to um, to always keep just pressing forward, uh, even when you when you have that feeling of maybe I shouldn't do this because there's a reason. And and to to always find that perspective. And I you know and just think about it this way, when you have something going on, and a lot of times it's very easy for us to start determining our our, our success by by quantity. I need so many people to show up. I need so many people to like it or listen, and it's and once we start thinking that way, and I've been there with events, is I'll start getting nervous about it or I'll start getting fearful about it. And I, and someone said to me after I asked for some prayer in this, and she says, your, what is what is it that you're trying to do? Like what is your true reason that you're doing this in the first place? Like re reevaluate and find that purpose that why?" And I'm like, you know, I just want to encourage someone, and if that's just one person then I've done my job. <laughs> and I have to say, I've never been disappointed, you know, and if it's one person who listens to it whenever, walks away and, and feels like they can do the thing they want to do, whether it's, I have know, some people, i want to start a podcast. And I'm like, let's do it. I will help you do it. You know, and I think we should do that. Lock arms and help each other. So, um, thank you so much for coming on our Thank you for show. having me. He's, he's our first Extraordinary Zone person. Yay! I love it. I love this guy. He's so great. Um, And um, you can uh, look back on our um, podcast archives on our website. You can go to iTunes, uh, Spotify, and Google if you want to listen to other things. We will be having more guests on The Extraordinary Zone, so please check back for that as well as other Opting Out podcasts. Um, Feel free to find us. We love to be social. So um, you can find James here on um, Instagram and Facebook, and you can find um, us, House of Zeddy, as well on um, both of those. um, come be social with us. Let us know um, how you're doing, how we can encourage you, and, and any, other, any other things we'd like to do. Let's all be the light that we kind of spread um, to encourage each other. So we thank you. We love you all. And um, please come back soon. <laughs>